Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Mailbag. My name is Damo and Clark is also here. G'day community. This week our guest is Pistol from Dr. Supercoach. It's been a long time coming, but we finally get you on. It's great to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I heard uh, last week Foz saying that at this stage of the year, you only get the dregs. So I, I assume that's that's why I've been called up. But nonetheless, I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> no, no. Sometimes people have very busy schedules like yourself and um, it just takes a long time to lock everything in place. And also we hate competition. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not competing with a, a podcast this week from us because we uh, didn't do one for the first time in a long time on the Monday. Um, but so this is the, the, the Dr. Supercoach fix. And if you, I guess, JB is doing a video, I think, today, but I don't really know what's going on. I haven't spoken to him today. Pretty sure he's doing a YouTube video with the exact same content as this. So that will be fun. JB's captain's videos, uh, listeners, when you're done listening to this podcast, go and look at them when it's out this week. His captaincy videos have really been helping me this year. They're fantastic. So in the news, Caleb Sarong has been suspended for his tackle. Nankov is suspended for a bump. Jake Lloyd is out with concussion from said bump. Jordan Ridley did something to his knee that means it's unlikely he'll get up for the Geelong game. Hayden Young is now out for one to three weeks with an ankle injury and Dunkley is still out. A bit of a hit that owners will need to find cover for in round 18. Boys, this season has been very testing and few are emerging unscathed. What lesson will what lesson that you have learned this year will you take into 2024 when building your starting side? It's a great question. I think for me, the biggest thing, I think there's a couple of key questions, but specific, specifically talking about starting side, I think I'm going to firstly limit my 600K plus players because as we saw throughout the year, every premium or almost every premium got below 600K at some point. So just having that little bit extra cash, I think will be able to help me get an extra premium in 23 primos, I think will be my goal from the outset when I'm looking at my starting team, where I've never I've never looked at my team and, and thought, hey, full premium is 23 premiums. But given we've got the extra trades and all of these one-week suspensions for tackles, I, I think that's just going to keep happening for the foreseeable future. And that in that case, I would rather have some premium cover than relying on Wardlaw like I did last week and he was a laid out anyway. Um, so that's something I'm going to really change up, I think, for next season. I think for me, I'm, I'm with you on the... This is spreading the cash a bit more evenly, I think. Like, I started Rory Laird this year, which was, like, a massive decision at the time. And when he came out with the 50, you know, everybody was kind of like, ha, we sold you this would happen when you spend 700k on a midfielder. But <laughs> he's kind of come good, like... We always know that the starting prices are a little bit inflated as well to adjust with the cost of living uh, inflation. But um, I think probably the biggest thing that I want to take from this year and the next year is probably a message of self-positivity and to not sweat hindsight. Like, So the biggest example that I have is Will Day. Will Day is somebody who started in my side started off poorly and I had a 50-50 decision to move him on between Bailey Dale and Will Day after a couple of rounds where neither had fired exactly how I wanted them to and I chose to keep Bailey Dale and move on Will Day. 
Will Day the next week came out with like 110 or 115 or something like that. Exactly what I wanted him to do. And Bailey Dale sat me with another 60-odd. And at the time, I was really upset because I was like, oh, well, I made a bad decision. And realistically, I think it's something that I'd probably encourage every every super coach player to kind of remember is that when you make a decision and it doesn't work out, that doesn't mean that you made a bad decision because AFL is a game that doesn't make sense. It only makes sense to those of us who are watching it and who follow it and who play Supercoach or AFL Fantasy or whatever format. So spend spend a little bit less time beating yourself up for your hindsight and just think about, well, did I make the best decision with the information I had at the time? And feel confident moving forward because even with all of that, neither Bailey Dale or Will Day are in my team. And my team <laughs> is, is, is completed. You know, I've got a full primo team. I've got Callum Mills as my potential 23rd in, in the mid, plus a couple of other players who are hopefully going to come back or provide a little bit of cover if I need it. Um, and and really, it's it's kind of all worked out. Like, regardless of where I finished, I'd still say I've hit that full primo, which is kind of the pass mark for did I do everything that I intended to do this season? So really, it's kind of up to you know, the way the cards fall for whether or not I get the rank that I want. So be kinder to yourself, listeners, and I'll be kinder to myself next year. Now I feel bad about my answer because you're like, <laughs> let me talk from the heart. And I'm just like, here's this statistical analysis approach of how we should do better at Supercoach. <laughs> it's, it's all I've got, Pistol. It's all I've got. I listen to wonderful people like Damo and yourself for the hard facts. I'm all vibes. <laughs> Personally, for me, I'm going to start more sure things. I, 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 I love picking the breakouts. I love trying to get the player that's going to make the next step. And sometimes that's easy to predict and sometimes it's not that easy to predict. And I feel like this year I probably started with way too many players who had to make that jump and only and most of them didn't. So I'm going to start more sure things to begin the season and then reward purple patches as the season goes on because you need a because you need a good start to sort of cement your place in the kind of ranking in in kind of where you are in the rankings before you move up or move down depending on how your team goes but hopefully if i start enough sure things i will start with a in a good enough place where i can then build and make my team stronger rather rather than having to pull it apart and then put it back together and then run out of trades and have Campbell Chesser as my defense cover. What is a sure thing? Because I think a lot of us started Laird or Neil, Doherty, you know, as these sure things, and they all came out with rubbish scores. So how do you predict what's a sure thing and what's not? When I say sure thing, I I, I don't mean someone that is that will score... 120 every single week I kind of more mean how many times can you start a 300k player who is underpriced like a Jacob Hopper or a James Warble yeah every and do that every single year and expect a different result it's we've I don't think we've had it happen year on year for for a while where where we've had a player to make that next step from that particular price point so I think what what I'm saying is guns and rookies is probably a is probably a safer starting point, and we all love to pick the next breakout. We all love to look for the underpriced players, but 
the fact is they're probably underpriced because their role changed. They're probably underpriced because of their age. They're probably underpriced because of where they sit in the pecking order. It's not, it's not to do with whether they can or they can't. It's where do they sit in that team's 22 or 23 and how many games are they going to get before their, their role changes? Yeah, for every Jacob Hopper, there's an Errol Goulden. Well, I guess nearly every single mid-pricer that we, that was somewhat considered. So um, off the top of my head, we'll go Day, Hopper, Setterfield, Lockie Ash, Jay-Z, um, Holmes, all these guys by Warple, by like round what eight or nine, all of them made over 100K, I'm pretty sure. And most of them made close to 150K, which you'd usually say is a, a successful pick. It's just... I think we people weren't patient enough. Like most of us traded these people out, or you know, Warple out after one or two bad games, um, and didn't didn't hold him through a, a hotter patch. So it's really hard to know if the lesson is you know don't start with these guys. But all of them also kind of worked out well. So maybe the lesson is to be more patient with these guys rather than you know not starting them at all. And I, yeah. I find I personally find it really hard to know what's the the right thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 and and. I guess that's a lesson for my starting team, but like you're saying there, Pistol, my lesson for during the season is maybe the trade can wait another week. Don't yeah. like jump on a trade because a player has scored two seventies in a row. May like maybe that trade can wait an- another week. If they've done it, but if they've done it earlier in the season, that doesn't mean they can't do it again. Players have dips. Players play through injuries. Players have reasons that they score that way maybe they came up against two taggers in a in a in a in a row maybe you need to find out if someone was following them for a game maybe you need to find out if they spent a little bit of extra time on the bench maybe they were assessed for a concussion who knows what happened like maybe a trade can wait another week is probably another one of my lessons but that's for during the season not for my starting team I'll tell you, Damo, we, we can talk about logic and facts all we want here, fellas. I'll tell you the one sure thing for Supercoach 2024. Picnic Dacos. Yes. That's yeah. the sure thing. Brownlow yeah. medalist, Nick Dacos. He's champion data's new love child. and Move over, Bont. Is that Homer moving the dog out of the way of the TV? <laughs> Get out of the way. It's well deserved, though. You know, as a Collingwood supporter, I'm not going to sit here and say he's a, he's a love child. He's, you know what? He he deserves more points. <laughs> I've never seen a man want the footy as much as Nick Dacos. And yeah, 100%. If you want the footy that much, then you know what? You deserve it. He's pretty much screaming at the players. I think there was a piece with like how where they were running next to each other, and he just like took it out of house. Yes, <laughs> I was just thinking about that. It was I laughed for about five minutes because it was like I re- I vaguely remember how playing with like a sibling or like yeah. a friend as a kid, and you always had that friend who did that, and I hated that kid. Well, he's just that as an adult, and he's just like yoink, and we're just gonna keep taking the ball out of teammates' hands. Touch for me. There we go. So you want those guys in your team. Sorry. All right. <laughs> All good. It was kind of like his Harlem Globetrotter moment. Yeah. He's spinning <laughs> the ball on his finger. Just take it. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the questions. Um, first question comes from. We don't know if this is the Ash Gardner, but it comes from a Ash Gardner. 
trying to confirm if it's the women's cricket player, but we'll get it. We'll confirm that later, or d- maybe we won't. <laughs> or never know. <laughs> I think I think headcanon, yes. Um, they sent us an email. Uh, the email says. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Currently, I have Seamus Mitchell and Alex Sincotta in my team. I need to decide which one I want as my D7 for the rest of the year. Ideally, I keep Sincotta as cover, as I'd love to use the extra 130k from Mitchell. But I'm worried if Sincotta will play for the rest of the year, as I have Constable and Chessa as my M10 D8 switch, so I can't rely on either of them for cover. I will have two trades left with my completed team, so I want to have solid bench cover, and D7 is the last slot I need to cement. Keen to see if you boys think Sincotto will see out the year and if the extra 130k is worth the risk of potentially having to field Chesser later in the year or hoping Cosmo returns from the grave. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Sorry, my brain was just <laughs> frozen for a second. Uh, look, my gut call is you you probably want to keep Seamus Mitchell. It's in in Hawthorne's rebuilding system, he seems to be a very talented footballer who they want to give exposure and time to. So I think there is a lower overall risk of him being dropped for any reason other than injury. Um 10 points on Sincotta in round 17, but about 200 more total points and an average of 70. I think in terms of if you want someone for cover, at this stage, you probably want to keep Mitchell. Yeah, I agree with you as well. I think that flexibility, to, you know, he can, he can, sounds like you'd be able to put um, him into the forward line and then slide Chessa or Constable into your back line, you know, doing a, a three-way DPP switch to cover all the lines as well is on the card. So I think that's pretty valuable. Um, and I would prefer to keep him. And at this stage of the season, there's usually a bargain or two that you can pick up with your last spot. I don't think you necessarily need to be spending, you know, 600K or however much you have to spend on your last premium. Um, you, can, you can find a, a pretty good, solid player to round out your side and keep the better bench cover. And when we're copying all these one-week injuries, you'll have that better cover than than most people and gain some points that way too. And also yuck having a field chesser. <laughs> that too. I feel seen. I, I have to haze my Jake Lloyd cover this week. I hope he scores more than 17. <laughs> better than a zero. Yes. Is it? Because you have hope right now. If he scored it's zero, mathematically, if he scored, if you had zero, you're like, okay, I'm getting a zero. But right now, you're thinking, what if he puts out a sixty? Right? I can see it in your face. You're like, this is the week. And then he puts I... out seventeen, and you're like, ah. Oh. Shout out to Tim Mitchell and and Lincoln Beggs on Twitter. I said to them about six weeks ago, Campbell Chesser will turn up at some point this season. You still think so? You still I, got time. I there's there's still time. <laughs> I mean, and I what a week hope. to do it! And there's what and, and, and what a week to do it up against Richmond at home in the front of this home crowd. What a what a time to do it! You heard it here I'll, first. <laughs> look, I'll I'll say it, guys. Ever since the miracle on grass, hope has been alive in the AFL for any situation and any reason. 
So it's not too late for the Weagles. <laughs> and also very funny when he does turn up <laughs> against, oh God, uh, maybe North? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Knowing your luck, Damo, he'll turn up against the Eagles <laughs> in round 22. Ch- Chesser will Sorry, turn up uh, against the Frio, the Dockers. Uh, yeah, no, probably the other the other West team. Prob probably. I mean, the the Dockers are going to have to bargain with some spectators for games soon. <laughs> Next question comes from Archie on Twitter. He has to field two of Himmelberg, Shazel, and Will Day. Who does he choose? Day's got a. A good matchup this week. I mean, I, I guess so does Sheasel. <laughs> if, if, you're, yeah. if you're putting it that way, <laughs> I think um, I would. I'd, I still like Himmelberg as like the safe bet. Um, I think I would be playing Day just because I don't really know what's going on with Sheasel and if he's going to be pushed into the forward pocket again. Um, seem like they're a bit all over the place, so that is probably where I would lean um, at the moment. I'm probably on Sheasel and Will Day and you leave Himmelberg on the bench just purely because of Adelaide being at home and Adelaide's forward line being one of the more dominant pieces of their game plan. So he's gonna ha- there's going to be more opportunity for him to intercept, but I don't know. Like Adelaide's flick a switch when they're at Adelaide Oval and are pretty hard to stop. Um, and the teams that have been able to win there, they haven't won by a lot. So I don't. So I think that Harry Himmelberg probably is someone. If you, if possible, loop him with someone else. You probably you won't be able to loop him with Sheasel or Will Day, but maybe, maybe maybe you loop him with someone else on your on your um field just to get the most points possible. But but if I was in this situation, I'd be fielding Sheasel and Will Day. You could probably loop like figure out a way through all their positions. Like doing the looping kind of across lines, um, you might be able to figure out a way. Yeah, so, yeah. I should. I, yeah, that's what I, I should do. say. Without seeing your team, I don't know if you can loop. Uh, yeah, I would pick Hemmelberg and Day, based on based on role, and only because I kind of like the Giants. They're just playing good football at the moment, so. Why not? You can't you can't lose really. I would say loop if you can would be the best thing. North and Hawthorne playing each other isn't really doing you any favors because <laughs> one of them is going to go big. Probably not both. Griffin Logue is a big miss for North, so maybe that does free up Sheasel or maybe somebody else comes in like Aaron Hall and Jack Siebel I know. back in that back line. <laughs> so maybe not Sheasel. Watch watch the team sheets. How are people loopholing this week when there's so many outs? Uh, people will find ways. Like maybe I, maybe you're a name curvis owner. No, as in like then then you then you're just play, straight playing them on field. You know, like how are people? You don't have Dunkley to worry about. You don't have Sarong to worry about. Like you don't have any of these. I'm sure there'll be more carnage when teams are announced. Like I I would be shocked if uh, people are. Like many people are freely loopholing this week um, because they don't have injuries or suspensions. I can just 
it's it's going to be carnage this week. I, 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 yeah, Damo's, I Damo's already it. tired, listeners. If you can hear that, Damo's <laughs> already tired thinking about it. Dressing. Next question comes from Paul on Facebook. Um, he wants to know: Is it time to move Sheasel on? Um, he's looking at Sam Doherty. He's got 180k in the bank and five trades left. If he can move Sheasel to Doherty, that's a good trade. Full stop. No yeah. notes. I think I my my answer to this is just yes. Sure. I guess. I mean, yes, it's it's a good trade. But if you have five trades and one eighty k, you could probably burn two more and just bring in Doherty and use Sheasel as your twenty third premium at that stage, surely. And that's probably what I would target to get that twenty third premium in, so that you can cover all these one week injuries. I feel like that's a lot of money to have and five trades. Yeah, you're you're really squirreling away for the doomsday. It's got it's got I'm waiting for doomsday vibes. But yeah, Doom. I think if you want to, if you only want to spend one trade, I don't hate the trade. But Pistol's right, and that's why we invited him on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you can if you can keep Sheasel. Why not? Because we know that Sheasel is planned to run through the midfield at North and he's planned to play a bit bit around the ground, which means that he has as much chance of scoring 90 as he does of scoring 60. Clarky, Doomsday is coming. Tomorrow night, when Thursday teams are released, Doomsday is coming. I'm not. I don't want to th- think about that. I've got, got a lot of stuff to do tomorrow. <laughs> Didn't need that kind of extra pressure. Uh, people's team's going to look like Swiss cheese. Next question comes from Andrew on Facebook. He has two trades left. He has a full, in quotes, premium side. And he has the cash to trade Gorn to English. Should he do it or save the trade? Clarky, you're the Melbourne man. (laughs) Clarky, you're the Melbourne man. What's happening with Max Gorn? Uh, he's not playing good. He's just not playing good. Um, I don't think it's even the Grundy factor. It's literally just Max is not at his best self. Um, which I think is probably akin to how Melbourne have been playing as a whole over the last few rounds. Uh, after swearing, I would never watch another Melbourne game after we lost to GWS. I ended up at the game last week and I still spent the entirety of the game being very upset, even when we won. <laughs> Like, yeah, we kicked straight, but also, like, what the hell is happening? Um, It's just stuff like watching him, like, drop easy marks and just sort of being out of position and not really being used. Like, our centre bounce work hasn't been the greatest and we're kind of just flying through on the seat of our pants and it's working. Uh, I I could see it improving, but I think overall, you probably, like, if if you can trade Gorn to English and that's your completed side, then I don't see a problem with that because you're getting someone who is clearly the number one ruck of this year. Yeah. I'm, yeah. The thing that stands out to me is two trades left. There's still a lot of season left. I feel like, and it comes back to, to what we were saying, like the lessons we'll take into next year. Like, can that trade wait a week? Can you can you just see what this this weekend brings before you do it? And I know that means you've got Max gone for one more week, but like, 
there's injuries and suspensions popping up out of nowhere. Looking at his last five scores, they've they've not been terrible. Um, three tons, one score below ninety, which was last week against St Kilda. Coming up against, he's got Oscar McInerney, Riley O'Brien, not Nane Curvis, uh, <laughs> Samson Ryan. Is he alive still? Yeah. I've, so, Ivan yeah. Soldo. Oh yeah. God, yes, yeah, Soldo exists. Goldstein. Not not Mark Pitney and not Tom McConnick. It's not Todd Goldstein either. It's and probably Cherry. Tristan Cherry. Hush. Yep. Cherry, Reeves, Hickey. It's not the greatest fixture. I don't know. I think if you're comfortable making the trade, I'm not going to sit here and tell someone don't make the trade because you don't like if you really want to. If you're comfortable not having the safety net of trades, like some people who may have just used their last trade to... <laughs> remove their own safety net and let Jesus take the wheel. I think for me, if it was anyone but English, I probably wouldn't do it. But English at the moment, I think still is one of the highest ceiling guys in the entire game, which makes him a really good captaincy and VC option. Great draw coming up. I mean, he's arguably without seeing the rest of the teams, the best VC option this round, given Swans dropped Hickey. So you could slap the VC right on him off the get-go and potentially look at, you know, a huge score doubled. Um, and it just becomes like a, a kind of mathematical equation. Like how much more do you think English is going to outscore Gorn for the rest of the season? And then depending on your bench cover that you have, you kind of try and work out, well, if I've got a guy going 60 every week and I miss one premium score, um, you know, with four rounds to go and he's out for the season and I get 60, 60, 60, 60, and my premium was going, you know, 100, 100, 100, 100. They're like, okay, well, that's, you know, 160 points lost. Um, and is English going to outscore Gorn by 160 points? Well, probably for the rest of the season. And then you're like, well, then that's worth it. So you just got to feel what your risk tolerance is and how comfortable you are um, with deciding, you know, at what point um, it's, it's like, for me, I think I wouldn't plan. I mean, this is my personal risk tolerance. I'm like comfortable going the last like three rounds with no trades at all. And then, and if I, you know what, well, I mean, it's pending my cover, but I'm pretty comfortable with it and I'll, I'll risk it. So I know that my risk tolerance would be if in that example, where it's 160, 160, 160, that, that gap of points is like 120 points. So I'd be like, yeah, I think, Gorn is going to outscore. I mean, English is going to outscore Gorn by over 120 points. So I, I would pull the trade, but then it's up to you and your own risk tolerances on whether that's that equation works out for you. That's a very, again, mathematical kind of approach on how I view the game. It's not, not all vibes and gut feel. <laughs> hey, vibes, gut feel, maths, everyone has their own ways of, think, of, of thinking about things. And some things are... <laughs> And sometimes, you know, maths makes the most sense. Damo, t-shirt idea. Uh, those who can't math vibe. <laughs> it's great. You heard it, listeners. Copyright it. <laughs> um, next question comes from Matthew. He was also asking about Max Gorn, but we probably answered it for him. He okay. says he was holding for Gorn to get dual position, but now that option is gone. And he, and and he says it, and he doesn't apologize for the pun. 
Um, his current rucks are Briggs, Gorn, and then he's got Jack Williams at R3. Gotta got go, I guess. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It's gotta go. Gorn to English if you, if you can. What are other options for him? Because we don't know how much money he's got in the bank. I wouldn't trade him Let's... for anyone else. I'd save the trade because the, the trades will be more valuable probably for, for anyone else for the rest of the season. I mean, Marshall's, the, the Saints draw in the next like five weeks is insanely good. Um, so Marshall could go big, but I still, I mean, he's always been injury prone as has English. It, it just doesn't feel worth the risk there for me. Yeah, looking through it as well, I can't see anyone really unless you're getting the the clear number one guy. Everybody else has been just as up and down. Like, even Wits has had a pretty similar up and down ride to Gorn, plus an injury. Riley O'Brien is somehow third highest rock, which, and he's been on a bit of a purple patch at the moment, but would you bank on it? Probably not. So, yeah, unless you're getting English, probably hold, because you'd be getting the same potential. Or maybe Sean Darcy, if you want to be spicy. <laughs> Super spicy. Or, all Australian ruckman, Sean Darcy. I don't even know if he's going to be all Australian. I just, I think it's Tim English just to lose. Uh, next question comes from Paul, a different Paul on Facebook again. Um, Steele and Mills and 131k in the bank, or James Sicily, 102k DPP rookie. And keep Ashcroft no money in the bank. Sheasel is his cover, and it will leave him with three trades left. He's got Sheasel on the bench, and will have three trades. Yep. Wow, what a team! <laughs> yeah. Oh, three trades. <laughs> well, you're not. No one's trading Ashcroft this week, though. So, right? Like, well, he's playing at the G, though. Might freeze his little his little Prince Charming haircut off. <laughs> just with the cash that he's going to make as well. I feel like yeah. you can go back to Damo's lesson and, and just give it one more week, um, see what else happens. I, f- I feel like that one, especially with Dunkley out, you may as well just take the extra cash and, and see what happens. But uh, definitely, I know the Saints have a great run and I still looked amazing as if he wasn't injured for the entire season. But I'm still terrified, and I'll, I'll take Damon's advice again and give it another week and see if he can have back-to-back. Because when I brought him in, before I have retraded him out, he looked amazing against the GWS side. And then I'm like, yep, 135 points, looks really good, brought him in, and then he was terrible. I wish I'd waited one more week, and then I would never have touched him. So I like, I like, uh, yeah, I like the advice from earlier in the podcast, and I'd, I'd wait one more week on those, those trades, I think. So you wouldn't even jump on Sicily and get a 102k DPP? You would just hold the trades all together? I think so. I think you can just... I mean, by the sounds of it, probably given Ashcroft's going to go up in price, you're probably not getting priced out. And you already have full premium, I think, if Sheasel's on the bench. So you can just wait. Yeah. Yeah. Just hold your horses and see how things go for one more week. That's all. Steel mess. <laughs> that's kind of funny. That's that's it's all the a, listening. It's been a long day. <laughs> Sorry, David. 
<laughs> That's all the listener questions for the day, but we always finish off with our vice captains and captains for the week. Pistol, you're the guest. You can go first. Who are you, Who is your vice captain and your captain for round 18? I think I've done a spoiler already by talking about English a bit earlier in the podcast, but yeah, no hickey. I, I think uh, English is probably the easiest VC pick for me. So I'll, I'll go him as my VC. And I think uh, the captaincy I'm looking at is another guy we've been talking about on the podcast. And that's a uh, little Brownlow medalist day cost, I think is, is probably where I'm going to end up. Pistol, we're on the same page. VC English C day cost against what is essentially Peel Thunder at this point. Oh, shame. <laughs> Clarky, what what have you got lined up this week? Uh, look, I literally have those two things uh, in my... Actually, wait, hang on. Let me let me double check. Let me check myself. Uh, I actually have the C on Zach Merritt for some reason against Geelong at GMHBA. Zach Merritt is otherworldly at the moment in terms of how he's ha- been playing. And- um Hey, I don't hate that. I actually don't mind Zach Merritt against Geelong. I as think a, Zach Merritt as has a... been a pleasure. Hmm. Uh, it, the, my only concern being that it's at GMHBA. Uh, I probably don't mind a Rosie or Butters against Carlton uh, as another alternative. Um, the Crows and the Giants. The Giants don't really tag, so possibly a Laird or Dawson at Adelaide Oval. Uh, I would be avoiding Giants midfielders. North and Hawthorne is irrelevant. And who owns any Richmond players that can capitalize on the West Coast Eagles? Taranto, maybe? Tim, Tim Taranto, yeah. He's had a few down weeks. He might finally bounce back. I think as a final option, like literally I have forgotten to log on until Sunday and my VC wasn't good <laughs> for some reason. That would be the only reason you'd be looking that far into the round. Or Sicily, I think he. Could oh yeah, be there you good. go, Sicily against North. That's that's probably the Sunday captain of choice for me. I think. But yeah, it's got to be it's got to be English and Dacos. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with that pairing. Oh, Petrarca. There you go. Throw it in. Throw it in there. He's just purple patch. He'll be fine if he's all you've got. Thanks for joining us, Pistol. Where can people find you? You can find me at uh, on Twitter, pistol underscore D-I-S-C, or you can find the Dr. Supercoach podcast on any of the, the platforms that uh, have podcasts. Uh, words are evading me right now. Um, I mean, you can if you, if you feel uh, so inclined to join our Patreon, you can jump in there and join our Slack community. And uh, obviously, we chat a lot about football in there, and there's a, a couple other perks that you can get. But I did want to say before we wrap up that it was an absolute pleasure to, to be on the podcast with you guys. And uh, particularly Damo, we've chatted for a while, um, you know, online and been in the same space and you've always treated me with such kindness over the years. And I just really uh, have oh. appreciated it. And uh, it's, it's great to get on a podcast with you finally. Uh, it's just great when the community all gets along with each other and we don't, you know, fight for the same space, just kind of, we can't just let each other be. And, and that's, and, and I think that's great. Uh, Clarky, thank you again for being here. Always a pleasure. If you have a question you'd like answered on the next episode, all you have to do is tag your question with Jock Mailbag on social media or send an email to jockmailbag at gmail.com. And we'll talk next time.